Wait a minute, are we lost? Nah, man, we're wanderlost. <laughs> I love that Zoom is telling us now that we're being recorded. I, I, really, I appreciate that, that consideration. No, that's really nice. I was teaching like pottery classes online for like six months during the quarantine. And like, I'd have to record like pretty much everything over Zoom because some people wouldn't come to their like virtual class or whatever. And like, I don't know. It's such a weird tool. I'm so sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, on the bright side, this wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to see without it. So, you know, there's some good, there's some bad. Yeah. Lucky you. The yeah. pros and the cons, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah. Indeed, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another incredible episode of Wanderlust. I'm actually, Lee, I'm, I'm very thrilled to announce that this is our 10th episode of the podcast. Oh my God. Lee. Double digits. Double <laughs> digits. We're 90 episodes away from that goal of 100 episodes. It's, you know, baby steps. How do you eat an elephant? No one? <laughs> one piece at a time? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. P- piece by piece. Exactly. Uh, yes, yes, of course. The age old, the age old phrase. Well, yes. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Wanderlust. Um, we have another special guest in the house today for this wonderful 10th episode uh, a long time mentor as well as a good friend of lee and mine uh evan hagan welcome to the podcast thanks we'll make sure to add some clapping applause or something like right in there in the oh. uh in the post-production it felt appropriate so yeah that'd be great thank you <laughs> Evan, it's uh, it's so good to, to have you on here to see you again. I think it's been close to maybe like seven, eight or six or seven years since we like yeah. last saw For each ages. other's faces. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of crazy how time flies by, but I think, yeah, it's been six years. And it's kind of crazy because, um, you know, I was you know, your camp counselor, you know, for a number of years, I think like Moose, you were probably like eight or nine the first time that I met you. Like, yeah, man. I mean, look at us so, all now. Yeah. I mean, I know. That's and the last time I saw you, you guys were staff members at a, a summer camp I used to work at. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Very, very proud of you guys. <laughs> oh, that, oh, means a sure lot. You, that means a lot. I'm sure you were competent stewards of young minds and <laughs> <laughs> your current you know, employers I'm sure are very lucky to have you <laughs> I've I've always strove for competence so that's <laughs> you gotta you really have to set the bar up there yeah it's an elusive goal sometimes but uh I'm, I'm sure you're at least faking it very convincingly at this stage in your life <laughs> I was going to say uh if, I've definitely put on a wonderful act at times but you know <laughs> Look, Ugh. a whiffing, a whiffing is a powerful tool. So, <laughs> oh man, I haven't thought about a whiffing in years. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you do have to act your way into feeling, and one day they'll find a better, more like catchy, rhyming way to say that, and you know, the world will be better for it. I think you know, fake it till you make it is is the same principle. Shit, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah you're right uh yeah somebody uh should pass that along to you know my my former summer camp employer 
<laughs> it does sound a little bit better. But um, yeah, so uh, on the podcast, Devin, just to give you a little introduction, uh, this is a podcast all about travel, uh, all about those great experiences, those bad experiences. Yeah, I mean, this is a podcast all about travel, and uh, we're just honored to have yeah. you on. And uh, we understand that you have also had some experience with travel uh, yourself, but also from a leader standpoint, haven't you? As well. Yeah, yeah. For a few summers, I worked for a student travel program that ran like international programs. Like um, I did two summers leading a trip through the West Indies where we set up, um, you know, free day camps for local children on these islands. And that was just a profoundly uh, eye-opening experience. I met so many great people doing that. And then for two summers after that, I led trips on the Appalachian Trail for um, high school students. And then eventually I had to get like, you know, a, a nine to five job and couldn't quit every <laughs> summer to like basically go to summer camp. Just, Which, just uh, for, just for my personal, you know, sanity, what age was that? I wanted to see how far I am before I feel like, okay, maybe it is time to, to get a real <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, like how, how old was I? I think, uh, you know, when I had you two as students in the West Indies, I think I was 24. So I think my last time, like leading a trip, I was 28. I've yeah. got and I'm 34 now. Got... Yeah. So we're good. Yeah, we got plenty yeah, you... of time. How old are you guys now? I'm 24. And okay. big, old, big old Mitch here just had a birthday. I did. And... I'm 25 now. Wow. How's that feel to be like in your mid twenties? You know, how's that feel to know that like your youth is like really like dying now? Like, <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, it definitely hit me the other day. I went out to dinner with my girlfriend and I was sitting at the table and I just had this sudden wave of, oh shit, I'm, I'm 25 now. But then I also yeah. kind of thought, I mean, rental cars are a little cheaper now. So yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> if I want to rent a car, I mean, I, that's a little bit cheaper, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely overwhelming. I, I, I just, it didn't really set in. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I still feel like, um, feel like I'm 18 yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Like, um, and I'm glad you brought up the car rental thing. Cause like, it's just good <laughs> for you to know that's the last thing you have to look forward to as far as the aging <laughs> process. Like that's the last benchmark of adulthood. And then it's just like all like downhill after that you're paying like property tax and like that's not something anybody looks forward to <laughs> oh this is this is a wonderful pep talk I'm, I'm looking forward to uh my future years for sure <laughs> you know as a former steward of young minds it's my job to inspire and uh, um yeah it's it's all downhill from here guys <laughs> get excited <laughs> well you know what You've inspired me to enjoy these last few months I have on the on the right side of 25 before yeah. I slip into what seems to be sort of a melancholic reflection <laughs> on, the on the departure of my youth. Yeah, that's definitely not yeah. something that's going to keep me up at night. I got to say, like, after like 25, people are less and less likely to like just be okay with 
increasingly reckless behavior. So if you got like four <laughs> months, just like squeeze in as much like just, you know, dangerous, uh, destructive behavior as you can, because, you know, society really starts looking down on it after 25, I feel. Lee, you still have your under 25s list, I guess, that you can, uh, you could share that right now if you want. No, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. no we, we, don't, we don't need to see that. That's not important. So the first no, one, cool. the we list. all have one. Yeah, I mean the first one on on Lee's list. I I can share it if you if you want, Lee. All right, yeah, okay. Go ahead. You can share it. You can share it. So Lee really so Lee actually has a stand-up comedy routine and he really wants to do it uh, at the local pubs in London. Look, you guys have all heard about my joke book. You know that that I am I am an aspiring comic. Will I ever get up and get the guts to to tell my tell my jokes in front of people? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one day I will find the inspiration to tell my jokes in front of a Leave it. You know, I've known a few stand-up comics and um, they're all like terrible people. So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, you know, if you don't achieve that goal, it might be for the best. But, um, <laughs> put that up there. Continued inspiration. Wow. This is exactly what we wanted you here for. Once you guys get like a bigger budget, you can just like put like a star with a rainbow behind it every time I drop like a pearl of wisdom on you about like, you know, your slow, like unending march towards like, you know, not existing anymore and how exciting that is. (laughs) You know, that might have to be a new uh, segment for the podcast, Evan. And we could just yeah yeah bring me on Evan's words of wisdom <laughs> Evan's words of wisdom. No thanks, Scott. Uh, so yeah, put me on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we dive into some of the stories, real quick, we like to throw kind of a curveball question at our guests cool. to get them Ooh, yeah. thinking thinking out of you know a little bit out of the box. Uh, and this is some pretty good ones that he's come up with. Uh, if you want to want to share, I think we go with the uh, the sentence one that you were talking about earlier. So Evan, so. <laughs> So here, here's my curveball question for you. Would you right. rather have to start every one of your sentences with, hey, idiot, or sorry, or the end of a sentence with, haha, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I try not to address anyone as like an idiot. Like, it's just so I prefer boring. people demonstrate their own like idiocy. I don't want to like call off the um so I guess just <laughs> no I'm just kidding <laughs> I think that's like easier to like you know mediate in like professional situations <laughs> than like calling like a client or like my boss an idiot several times <laughs> well so I'll go with haha no I'm just I don't know so, if I'd even just, if I'd even get a boss because I feel like I'd show up to the interview and they'd ask me a question I'd go well hey idiot um <laughs> let me just let me just tell you I'm a hard-working uh you know passionate individual just- yeah I guess I don't know you could probably get a classified as a disability after a while <laughs> it would, like just quickly like tank so many like important interactions <laughs> Maybe there would be like, maybe I'd choose Hey Idiot and I'd get like a little laminated card that I could hand to somebody before I start talking to them. Uh, Just just to play devil's advocate though, if you're going to go with this haha, just kidding thing, I... uh... I'm very interested to see how that would go down at your your soon to happen wedding. <laughs> oh no. You're gonna say your vows. I do. <laughs> just, just kidding, kidding. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would just hand that card out to everybody <laughs> before the ceremony begins. Evan oh. has this very specific. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to be on a podcast where I know you guys are going to ask me the hard questions. Like, you know, I appreciate that. We're, we're out here asking the hard hitting questions. I think regardless of what I would pick, I would definitely hand out a card to everyone. I'd have laminated cards. You know, two great options, really. Like it, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to choose. Oh, All right. Well, um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, now that we've asked the serious questions. Yeah, important um, work. We definitely want to hear some of these travel stories you got for us, man. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, something crazy wild, uh, you know, we were on some of the trips that you led as well. And we obviously had our own interpretations and, you know, things that were going on for us. So kind of like, what was it like to be on the other side, leading it around a group of like 15 teenage kids and all the accompanying like angst that goes with that. And, you know, people who sometimes haven't left the country in a new place for the first time. It, it, it must have been challenging and kind of ridiculous at points. Yeah, like absolutely. I think anytime working with that particular age group, like there's like a certain level of like drama that's like um, <laughs> always a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that first trip like to the West Indies was really cool because like I had known pretty much all of the students on that trip really well. I'd worked with you all uh, previously, whether it be as like an art instructor or a leadership intensive coordinator or just camp counselor. I felt like I, I knew and trusted that group of students um, really well, more so than I did with any subsequent students. So that was like a really uh, special experience for me nice. as like a, an educator. And um, yeah, I, I have only really like positive memories of that trip and it stands out in my mind in a number of ways just because of our familiarity with each other. But yeah, like, I don't know, like dealing with a bunch of like hormonal, like sort of alternative teens, like in another country where we are really like just announcing our presence wherever we go. Like there's no blending in when you're leading a trip like that of no. just like, 15 white kids in the middle of like Kingstown, St. Vincent. And there's 15 of us entering a very small town. And it's just like really hard not to draw attention to ourselves. So it was, um, it was an interesting experience, but um, I accomplished like the major goals that I set out for the trip. Like my main thing was like no loss of life. I would really hate it if one of my students died while I was, uh, you know, um, I, I feel like that would, be, a that's only frowned, that, that would be frowned upon. Yeah, like it's a hard, it's an awkward conversation to have with a parent, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, so like no loss of life was a big goal of mine and no gain of life was, e- was uh, equally yes. important. <laughs> like dealing with that age group, I really didn't want to come home with like a 16th passenger like stowing away. <laughs> so <laughs> as to the best of my knowledge i also achieved that goal that um we didn't gain any life either so no no loss or gain of life i i nailed those two goals and yeah i I'm think those also are two really confident goals to have. <laughs> thank you thank you i was, I was pretty you know pretty proud of that <laughs> put it on my resume to this day <laughs> <laughs> So mm-hmm. as as we were coming up uh, to 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 do this uh, 
pod, I was thinking about like some of the, the crazier things that happened on that trip. Um, the first one that came to mind was when the like herd of cows showed up in the in the pool of the place where we were staying in Bethlehem. oh my god i completely forgot about that. and what was that place called it was uh i'm blanking on the name of it god i forget like it had some like i don't know it was like, like bullshit house. tourist trappy like yeah it was like sweet bubba's house or something like that yeah i think oh did we call it like sweet aunt gladys's house or something like yeah, that? yeah i think it, it was <laughs> yeah. something like that <laughs> that was fun because like you know for you listeners at home like um you know when we got to the second island of our trip called beckway on the island of beckway um we rented out this like mansion for you guys like uh it's <laughs> it like sick it was super sick there's like a pool in the back like a beautiful um you know rolling hillside where you can see the ocean in the distance there's like a great stereo system um air conditioning like all the all the like top-notch shit that you could want in you know a palatial mansion but i remember like um me and the other trip leaders i was working with i had two co-trip leaders for it and um we thought it'd be really funny if we just told you guys that we were going to be sleeping in like a three-sided hut that there's like you know like <laughs> yes. no door and we and, believe uh, we're gonna it. have to dig a hole to, like, you know go to the bathroom in and everybody has to dig their own hole as soon as we get there <laughs> and we believe that shit too. we believe we were we were so ready for it i was like i'm ready to dig a hole and shit here. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know man i i remember i remember being pissed off about that i was like oh my god I had just slept on the floor in, in my little sleeping sack for some time. And I, now I'm going to be outside in the bleem too. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh. It felt like a logical progression. Cause like, you know, like our first homestay, like the Cupids, they were just like fantastic, generous people. But, you know, I was sleeping on a cement floor. I think we were there for like two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, most people I think all the boys were too I think the girls had a room with bunk beds but like I don't know like <laughs> it seemed like I think we were trying to frame it as like hey um this is the nicest place we're gonna stay this entire trip like so just get used to it. it's never gonna be this good again <laughs> like knowing that we had this like you know mansion basically that we're gonna be staying in in Beckway so that was a really special moment to like pull up to the place and like, eh, JK, this is where we're staying. <laughs> I got you. Little Ash and Kutcher moment right there. Yeah, we, we punked you guys. We did. <laughs> I remember there's a kid named Sam on that trip. And or was he the next year? Was Sam on you guys' trip? Oh, yeah. Did Sam sang Sam. Yeah. yeah, Sam was on there, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought so. I remember him being just so butthurt about the whole thing. <laughs> like, Man, I don't want to sleep in a like, three-sided cabin. I'm like, I'm sorry, Sam. That's what your parents signed you up for, bro. <laughs> this is the summer you're going to get, Sam. <laughs> so that, that was, yeah, that, that was a cool experience. And those cows. And I remember just like the countryside just being like littered with just like random goats, just like, 
here's like a 12 foot like cement wall like protecting nothing and there's just a goat on top of it for no reason how to get up there nobody knows it doesn't matter yeah. there's a cow in your swimming pool now which is like that was really nice uh i think about that place sometimes that was a cool vibe for oh yeah so other highlights that that come to mind um one the video that often resurfaces of a bunch of us outside, like on the front porch while we were waiting for one of our vans, oh, remixing all yeah. star <laughs> with Nutstar, baby, <laughs> in every every other word. And the best line is, of course, my nutsack's on, on fire. fire. How about, How about no yours? <laughs> I remember oh. there's like, I forget what part of the song was like a, there's a double nut sack it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. something something nut sack and you might get nut sack <laughs> just like the classic just so entertainment to the form yeah <laughs> just like the uh, classic had 14, to, no, i think 14, you guys had to be like 14 15 14, years old 15 just classic trash teenage humor right there just, oh yeah and like hearts and poops know. and nut sacks man <laughs> i like uh yeah i remember just like laughing so much on that trip like you guys always had me in stitches there was always <laughs> like uh some new addition to the culture of that little community we were like creating on the trip and uh that one is something i i remember pretty clearly <laughs> but uh yeah sometimes i feel like i'm still like 15 so maybe my humor hasn't really matured since then but i was 25 i thought that was so fucking brilliant that's oh man these kids they got their finger on the pulse they know <laughs> well just just to prove to you that i also am still 15 at heart um today when i was walking towards the park i was doing a very similar thing remixing um location by khalid, uh, khalid and just and said instead of like send me your location i was like send me pictures of your booby <laughs> <laughs> i have not grown at all i am a child uh yeah so obviously caribbean great trip west indies was beautiful and then you went back and you did it again the following year yeah i did it again the following year and that was sort of yes. funny because like uh the next group of students i had i think there were 13 people on that trip and 12 of them were female and there's one dude on the trip wow <laughs> the what? rest were the rest were girls did that kind of create an interesting dynamic for the whole trip or was it kind of it, it was it was definitely different it's hard to say like the gender roles played like the most significant part in how the trip was different um but it, it was definitely different since like these were all new students to me i didn't really know any of them and like i was a little worried about like you know some romantic drama like forming it's like oh this guy calvin he's gonna come in he's gonna be a little stud and he's gonna fuck up like some little girl's heart and like <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with that it's just gonna be like oh some weird sort of i don't know love like hexagon going on between calvin and love like five hexagon. other people it's like i don't know it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you're traveling with a very closed group of people for a long period of time like there's like these little miniature cultures that are like formed within the group but um, thank God, like Calvin had no game at all. Like, he just, <laughs> oh, like, Calvin, no, <laughs> poor just, guy. Like, I love that dude. Like Calvin, if you're listening, shout out 
my guy, you're great. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't spit any game or like know how to approximate like spitting any game because there, <laughs> there was like nothing happening romantically. And that was a big load off my mind. Cause like, um, I don't know, it's easier to get lost in the crowd, I think, but it, it was, it was cool. Like, um, trying to think what were some of the notable things about that. Oh, I had one student on that trip, you know, cause like these trips for student travel or high school age students, a lot of times, this is the first time these kids are like leaving the country. It's yeah. the, yeah, sometimes like, it's even the first time these students are, um, away from their families, like staying like in a place that's not their house for like weeks on end. So it creates like, um, you know, an interesting dynamic. And there was so much drama leading up to the start of that trip. I had like five of these students just uh, calling home crying, like, mom and dad, I don't want to go on this trip. This is awful. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you sending me to the Caribbean? Like, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, growing up as a poor kid from, like, the, like, Midwest, like, middle of, like, fucking nowhere, I was just like, damn, like, check your privilege for a second. This is, like, yeah. going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, but I remember I had one student in particular that refused to eat anything except, like, pasta boiled pasta and butter like no sauce no cheese like just oh. pasta and butter so that's the thing i don't know why but that's the thing that sticks out to me most about the second trip through caribbean is just like this very specific bizarre like dietary restriction of one like very loud student so i don't know look kids I are can, weird i can kind of <laughs> empathize with that i used kids to be are like, weird <laughs> i used to be an insane picky eater like there was a stage in my life probably like eight to maybe younger like six to, to 12 13 where i would not like eat anything besides you know buttered pasta with cheese or chicken fingers eggo waffles like it was my diet was deplorable i am not sure <laughs> how I got any of the nutrients I needed to grow up because I was not eating them regularly. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you started eating all, all the veg, all the, all the colorful foods. And look at you now, you're this big, jacked, strong guy. Look, if there's- beard too. He's got a beard. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> all genetics. This is my nice, <laughs> this is my hairy Italian genetics. Thank you, uh, Matola family for that one. Um, look. If there's one thing I can credit the New Jersey public education system for, it's teaching me that if I wanted to grow up, I needed to eat vegetables. Because I remember coming home from health class, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, and I'd be like, mom, like, I'm eating horribly. I really need to do better. And she's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for years, but you didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> you have to listen to your teacher. I was like, well, they're, they're my teachers. They can't lie to me. <laughs> yeah I was a very picky eater as a kid too it wasn't until like you know I was 18 I left home and I was just super broke and that's when I started eating anything before that it was I don't know very much the same just like plain everything nothing with sauce on it like vegetables like fuck out of here I don't want to eat any of that like but <laughs> once I started to provide my own nutrition I was like oh man, these canned vegetables are really cheap and I'll, I'll just start eating anything. Also working at like camp for a number of years, like 
you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe the like cuisine has improved dramatically since I left the industry. Like, I'm sure it hasn't, but like, <laughs> it's like, these are your options. <laughs> this is all we have. It's this or starve. And I was like, I will gladly just shovel this shit. And <laughs> the only Look. thing I like to say about Cisco food is you always got to go to the bathroom afterwards that was the one consistent in the food in the quality i would have to say keeps you regular that's important yeah. <laughs> <Keeps you> regular <laughs> no i think the the kitchen is pretty good there's like some meals that i'm actually i actually do like to think about I'm like oh that's like like i get kind of pumped up to eat that oh yeah it's like uh i loved chicken patty day that was always <laughs> Yo, you know, chicken patty day <laughs> That was always great. Um, I remember one year was working up at that camp in Maine, Camp Hawthorne. They had a chef one year who'd make this like bomb stromboli. That was like just amazing. Um, But yeah, like a lot of times it it just left me wanting. But, you know, I really can't talk any like stuff about it because like I ate so much food in the walk-in refrigerator of the last camp I worked at, like at night after hours that they banned me from doing it. They started locking the like doors shut to prevent my like midnight cravings. So like, I can't talk shit about the food because I just like would go in there and like demolish what was ever left over. So that's your fault. You're why they started doing that and why we couldn't do it anymore. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, almost proud to say that like yeah i'm the leading contributor to it um but there i always treated the walk-in like a ecosystem that needed to be you know protected and nurtured you know like i was always wrapping my like stuff after i just like you know dips (laughs) like my hand grabbed a handful of bacon straight out of a tub i always (laughs) made sure that tub was like sealed afterwards and like (laughs) half the time I washed my hands before I went in there and started grabbing stuff. So like very responsible, but there were other people that would just go in there and like act a fool. And then the kitchen crew had to clean it up in the morning. I'm confident to say that was not me. That was not my vibe, but um, I was most vocal about how other staff members should go into the walk-in and really like explore all the bounty like at <laughs> night when, you know, they're, they're feeling very hungry. They, they should go in there. <laughs> So I, one, of, one of my prouder moments as, as a counselor at, at this camp is uh, I, I kind of ha- made a huge fuss one of our years about the fact that like we weren't getting enough food as I do remember like, this. I do remember like, this. I walked into the staff meeting with like caloric breakdown of how much we should be eating versus like how much the kids should be eating and why we deserve like when we ask for more food, like to be served more food. I made a huge big stink about it but it worked and we were allowed to eat as much as we wanted from then on. That's great. Yeah. Like um, the first, not the first, you know, I worked at three different residential summer camps uh, throughout like my college years before I got into student travel. And that was always like a perk of like working at the camp. Cause they pay you dog shit. Like you don't make any fucking money, like <laughs> teaching at a camp. Um, so like this guy I worked for up in Maine, Ron, he was just like, yeah, go into the walk-in and like, you know, like eat whatever you want, do whatever you want there. It's like, it's like <laughs> its own country. It's got its own rules. Like just hang out in the kitchen, fuck it up, whatever you want to do. And like, you know, so that's what we did. And then like, you know, there was like a summer when like two camps that I worked for sort of merged, you know, both kind of needed the other to survive. 
That was like a really interesting like dynamic. But we tried to bring this like culture of how we approach things like in Maine in regards to the walk-in refrigerator and the kitchen after hours to this like new camp. And uh, they they didn't really appreciate our uh, <laughs> our input as far as like <laughs> what was appropriate to do inside of a walk-in refrigerator. <laughs> then you know they're lost really <laughs> <laughs> there okay so my so one more question regarding this this walk-in refrigerator because it's it's something on my mind for a while uh, yeah, having totally. worked having worked at uh camps as well of course during orientation we're always told the tale of people hooking up in the walk-in now was that already in <laughs> in the, the the legends of, of camp when you were there or is that something that happened during your time what where did this yeah. come from who who, yeah. who soiled the walk in such a manner like i'm not gonna say who did it but like yeah it was done like you know i was always like a very skinny like person like i'm not insulated well against like the elements so like the last thing i ever wanted to do was like you know, like whip my dick out inside of a refrigerator. That just like seems like bizarre and like not to mention disgusting. <laughs> no, like uh, it was a thing. I walked in on two people hooking up in the walk-in once, ah. and I quickly <laughs> just like uh, walked out. Yeah, so, and you was just that, an innocent bystander, just wanted to go in, get some late-night snacks, and you... I just wanted a handful of bacon and then leave. <laughs> but um, so I, I was dis- I was disappointed. <laughs> Just some, just some um, nuts, nuts in the, uh, in the walk-in. Yeah, like there's really, that is a thing. That has happened. Um, sorry about that. My generation, <laughs> once again, the older generation fucks over the generation coming up <laughs> behind it. So uh, you're welcome though. That's not a good place to be hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> you do need uh, to get creative at camp sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I was often amazed at the lengths that people would go to, to find like somewhere secluded. I saw like uh, two people like, you know, <laughs> like getting it in on the ropes course one night. Oh, <laughs> like, swinging from the trees, I see. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it wasn't at the camp that we worked at. It was at another camp where they had this like pirate walk thing. And they had like an auto belay system, you know, they huh. had more money than the camp we worked at. <laughs> so they were just uh, having a good time. But that was like part of a year where like, you know, the counselors had a super mature game of like, you know, this sort of scavenger hunt of places to hook up on the, Interesting. Like, you know, camp uh, property. Yes. I'm just trying to envision a ropes course hookup session. I'm just picturing two people like, swinging in a tree that but also on a belay system i mean seems very you definitely you definitely gotta you gotta do monkey business before you try that <laughs> before you try that class. yeah exactly. you better sign up they for were, uh, an intro to, to rock climbing course like they were both on the ropes course team so they had like thought about it and made sure that they could you know do this irresponsible thing as safely as possible like i like i don't know I caught it from a distance, so I'm not exactly how their harness situation was like set up, but um, I don't know. <laughs> like, good, good for them. It's... Human, human ingenuity at its finest. 
at its finest yeah. for sure <laughs> you know and if you're walking around like camp at night like it's, it's probably a pretty people aren't going to be looking up there so like probably a, a secluded enough spot <laughs> where's the weirdest place you guys had sex at camp <laughs> no, i'm just kidding i really <laughs> i will say the Nah, I can't. No, <laughs> no, what? no, no, no. What do you, you want to say? We can, we can cut it out. We can cut it out. Okay, so like... Aww. Before we, as we start, start wrapping up the conversation, as great as it has been to talk to, I know you've got some, some stuff going on you need to get to today. I'm for sure. a little bit, I'm a little bit late for, for my episode of Love Island, but that's okay. We, can, yeah. we, can get, we, we appreciate your that. sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a big sacrifice. I just want you to be aware of that. I, I love Love Island. So what, like, what pieces of advice do you, would you give to people going traveling, either, either as a leader, if you're doing a group or you totally. know, through your own personal experiences traveling, like, you know, as far as like traveling, like independently, like abroad, um, I think it's really important, especially as Americans, that we cultivate a sense of curiosity about like these new environments that we're privileged enough to enter into instead of a perspective of judgment. Like it was really hard for me when I uh, was traveling with people, whether they be students or, you know, compatriots, whatever that like when somebody be like, oh, that's really weird. And it's like, uh, like the idea of like normal and weird are really like petty concepts that aren't terribly um, informative or practical as far as like making your way through life. So like, yeah, I guess all the travelers out there listening to this, you know, podcast, wide reaching and well-sponsored as it is, um, <laughs> just, just, you know, keep a sense of curiosity like in, you know, every situation that you enter into, because you'll always find something to learn and something valuable to take away from that experience. So curiosity over judgment is super important. Um, as far as like trip leaders go, it's really hard to, you know, both of you and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have had like roommates before. It's really hard to live with people. It's always like really hard to work with people that you live with also, no matter like how close you are, how well you know that other person, um, you know, set boundaries, like have honest conversations before you start leading that trip about, um, you know, triggers for you personally, um, ways in which you feel it's most productive to communicate, even if you don't see eye to eye on those things. Uh, knowing how that other person approaches communication and their own personal boundaries, it's super important to get that out of the way before your students come, because uh, that can cause like all sorts of awkwardness. Um, totally. I feel, I feel like on my first trip, um, co-leading with somebody where we were very like different people, we didn't do enough of that uh, groundwork before the trip started. And we're learning as we go, like, Oof, like uh, yeah, communication yeah. is like becoming strained. Like, how do we resolve this? And, you know, we could have had a couple tools already like in our belts to deal with that stuff. So those are my like sagacious, like piece of wisdom to share, you know, curiosity and communication. Well, thank you so much, Evan. And yeah, I mean, for anyone out there that is interested in, uh, you know, leading trips, whether that be in the country that you're currently in, or you're interested in getting involved with international travel, I think 
everything that you're sharing right now is just uh, very beneficial for our listeners. And uh, you certainly are getting me excited because, I mean, I would love to jump at the opportunity and kind of try and do something that, uh, that that you've done as well. So thank you so much for kind of jumping on the podcast and, and coming to kind of share your thoughts and share some stories with us. And it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. It's been ages. Yeah, man, too long. Well, let's uh, get together do this again soon. Uh, this was a lot of fun. It's great seeing you guys doing so well. And uh, uh, this podcast is a lot of fun. So I appreciate being a part of it. Absolutely, dude. Very happy to have you. Um, as we as we head out, just want to remind everyone, please check out our Instagram page, Wanderlost Podcast, two T's. Um, same thing, email. If you have any stories that you want to share to us, um, if you have any ideas, if, you want, if you're thinking about trying to come on sometime, we'd love to hear from you. Get, feel free to get in contact. We're always looking for great stories from friends, family, people who are just listeners and want to get involved in the nation. Um, always open to a good story or two. So please do re- reach out. We're always open to having guests on the podcast. Unfortunately, no one got fact tonight, but Evan, <laughs> would you, uh, would you, do you have anything you want to shout out um, or, you know, plug as we, as we head on out of here tonight? Oh, like anything I want to plug, um, <laughs> get your pets spayed and neutered. <laughs> like I thought here at the ASPCA, that is just neuter news. your pets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's All right. important. You yep. heard it here, folks. <laughs> Neuter your goddamn pets. <laughs> Fucking neuter them. It's, it's important, maybe off topic, but it's good <laughs> advice. <laughs> no, very good and get very good advice. Um, and yeah, one final thing that we always do on the podcast, Evan, is uh, you know, you can kind of close it out for us. Yeah, cool. Um I feel put on the spot a little bit, but I hope everybody listening to this <laughs> has had an enjoyable time. And um, yeah, good night and good luck. Thank you. You to you as well, sir. Thank you as well. Did I do that right? All right, cool. Yeah, no, that was perfect. Wanderlust, I'm wanderlust.